Hey, so we're in a season of prayer as a church, and I really felt called for us to kind of pursue the idea of the secret place. And, uh, and so we started a couple weeks ago, we'll end this Saturday, but it doesn't end our prayer time and our prayer life uh, together. But my encouragement in these last few weeks has been to get us to see the value of the secret place in our life and a recognition that we don't find life in the open places, we exhibit life in the open places. So a lot of times we're looking for something to happen or not happen to give us peace or give us a sense of fulfillment, but it does, that doesn't really come from what's happening in, in the outside because you could get a new car, but after a while, somebody's going to ding it, right? You could get a new phone and a new one's, another new one's going to come out. Uh, you, you, could, you could get a, a promotion at work, and it might make you happy for a minute, but eventually you got to learn that you find life. We exhibit the life we found in the hidden place when we're out in the open place. Amen. And so that's been the idea behind uh, all of this. Uh, I have an uh, on-again, off-again relationship with exercise. Anybody with me there? Yeah. Some of you guys just stick with it all the time. Hate you. Uh, but... Uh, I'm, I'm on again, off again, and I remember in one of my on-again seasons, uh, Suzette and I were at a hotel, and I got up and got on the treadmill at 6 a.m. at the hotel, and, I, and it just the thought hit me. I was the only person uh, in that little workout room in the hotel, but the thought just hit me. Nobody sees this, but they will see the result of this. And the seeds we sow in private end up bearing their fruit in public. And I know for some of us, that's a good thing, but some of us would be praying for some kind of crop failure for, <laughs> for what has happened. But, uh, you know, what you eat in private shows up in public. I know. Harsh, uh, uh, it's harsh. But I, I don't want this to be uh, any kind of condemnation on anybody. I want us to see the value uh, that this literally is a life hack that, that could help your life in a tremendous way. It's not about adding more uh, ritual to your life or adding another thing to your life. But if we could get a mind shift that understands you find life in the hidden place, and then you exhibit that life in the open place. So that's what we've been after uh, and talked about uh, just the idea of the secret place in the Bible. Uh, last week, I talked about the tent of meeting and uh, Matthew 6, 6. There's a, I have so, I really have another, I'm ending this today, but I, I literally have twice as much that I want to say. Maybe I'll come back around to it. At some point, Matthew 6, 6, Jesus was teaching Sermon on the Mount. He says, but you, when you pray, go into your inner room. When you've shut your door, pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret 
will repay you. Many translations put in the open. And, he, and he's talking about this idea that when we pray in secret uh, and when we fast in secret, when we give in secret, God rewards in the open. Uh, a couple verses just to, to kind of get us rolling into this today. Like I said, I have really dozens that I could talk about. But Isaiah 45.3 says, I'll give you the treasures of darkness. I will give you the hidden wealth of secret places. I don't exactly know what that means, except it means something. The hidden wealth of secret places in order that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who calls you by your name. Isaiah 48, 6 says, you've heard, look at, the, look at all this. And you, will you not declare it? I proclaim to you new things from this time, even hidden things which you have not known. Come on. Would you be honest enough with yourself to recognize that it's possible there are things you don't know yet? Come on. Uh, you know something. Walk in the light that you have, but there's stuff you don't know. And maybe there's something you don't know that a revelation could come that would put you in a whole new level of how you live your life. And you find that stuff in the secret place. Daniel, too, uh, he is being called upon to interpret a dream. In verse 20 says, Daniel answered and said, let the name of God be blessed forever and ever, for wisdom and power belong to him. It is he who changes the times and the epochs. He removes kings, presidents, and establishes kings and presidents. Be a good idea to be praying. He gives wisdom to wise men and knowledge to men of understanding. It is he, verse 22, who reveals the profound and hidden things. He knows what's in the darkness and the light dwells with him. Just want to keep reminding you that no matter who is president, God is still on the throne. Come on. And the king of all kings uh, it continues to rule in the government of the kingdom of God. And we are part of the kingdom of God here on the planet. We, we live in this world, but we're not of this world. We live in this kingdom, but we're of a different kingdom. But the Bible says here that God reveals profound things. God reveals hidden things. I think a lot of times our mind is trying to figure out how to fix stuff. But your spirit operates out of revelation. And out of revelation is greater than sense knowledge, like what you can work out in your head. Just an aha moment from God. And that's why I'm saying a few moments where you turn off the TV and focus in. A few moments where you, you get offline and focus in. Where you just spend some time with God 
Who knows what he could speak to you? Who knows what lights could come on? Who knows what could happen in the secret place? Uh, I'm reading the book of Daniel a little bit in the past couple of weeks during this time. And remember when Daniel was being told not to pray and the Bible says, and I've read this hundreds of times, says he prayed three times a day. And I thought, now here is a guy who is a head of state. Here he was, he had tons of responsibility, tons of pressure, yet he valued the secret place, the hidden place, the tent of meeting, the time with God so much that he actually would stop three times a day and go to the secret place. Three times a day. Maybe that's what enabled him to be so insightful and to, be, to walk in such favor. So I've actually uh, started to adjust, because I usually have a prayer time in the morning, but now I'm trying to add a prayer time in the evening, and pretty soon I'll, be, I'll get to three, and it's like, I know some people think, I don't have the time to pray. Just think what God could tell you that might relieve a lot of the issues that you're facing. So my message today is uh, in line with all this, and I wanna talk about the hidden manna, the hidden manna. Revelation 2.17 says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, to him I will give some of the hidden manna. Somebody say hidden manna. I'll give him a white stone and a new name written on the stone which no one knows but he who receives it. The Bible says this is what's given to overcomers. We are overcomers. Come on. Eight of us are overcomers. First John 5, 4 says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that's overcome the world, our faith. The nature of God that's in you is the nature of an overcomer. It, it, it costs something to overcome. It does, but it costs more to be overcome. And whatever you're facing right now, you know, whether it's a direction problem or a relationship problem or a health problem or a financial problem or just even in your own soul or your own mental health, I just want to say you can be an overcomer. The nature of God in you is the nature of an overcomer. And we're not, we're not playing victim in life. We're, we're, we're overcomers. So this Revelation 2 talks about having a white stone, which I think would stand for having like a fresh start, and a a new name, which is our identity in Christ, and then this hidden manna, which is a fresh source for life. So let's go back and kind of pick up the idea of what the manna was all about to kind of discover what hidden manna is all about. Exodus 16, verse 13, it came about at evening that the quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew evaporated, behold, on the surface of the wilderness 
there was a fine flake-like thing. I had to practice saying that a couple of times. A fine flake-like thing, fine as the frost on the ground. When the sons of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said, it's the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. The, the word manna literally means, what is this? What is it? What is this stuff? And manna was whatever they needed it to be. So let me give you a few characteristics that define hidden manna. Number one, manna is daily bread. It was their daily bread. As in Jesus teaching us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. God has designed so that our walk with him is a daily walk. It, it's, it, it's, a, it's a current connection. It's an up-to-date relationship. It's not something that happened a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, however long ago that you had an encounter with God, but it's a current daily relationship. And I don't mean to get legalistic about all this on the daily thing, but I just, I want us to recognize the principle that you're never going to get enough of God today that you won't need a fresh new bite of manna tomorrow. And I'm not, I'm not trying to make it hard on anybody. I'm just, I'm just saying manna that gets stale grows worms. I don't know about you, but I don't like worms. And you need a fresh bite today, but you can't live off of yesterday's experience, yesterday's word, yesterday's insight. And I've been doing this for long enough to recognize that I've seen people in their relationship, their relationship with God turn to worms because they were living off of yesterday's word. No, nobody in this meeting, but I had to put that for second service uh, in there. And, you know, the truth is all of us would like to know God's big total plan for our future. We'd like for it to get mapped out. But here's, here's my discovery <laughs> over all these years. The mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And God, God is with you on the next. It's almost like you're traveling in the dark with headlamps on and there's no other light, and you can see just far enough to keep going, but not so far that you have to go fast. Hello. I think sometimes we wish we could 
gain. Like we had a fantastic time with this 828 revival. But can I tell you by next week, that experience is done. It's over, right? And we want to get enough strength from a single experience that carries through to an extended period, but it doesn't work that way. We, you know, we love to have enough re resources just to kick back and say, yeah, I don't have to really put it that much effort into it anymore. But I've found God has a way of keeping you right on the edge. He does. And he's never going to bring us to a place where we're not going to have to be entirely dependent on daily bread, hidden manna. Second idea I want to talk about is, is this idea, manna is a proceeding word from the Lord. So Deuteronomy 8.3 says, he humbled you, he let you be hungry, he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Your, your life is found in the preceding word that comes from God. So you're not going to wake up. This morning I woke up and it was foggy. Yesterday morning, foggy. And I'm not going to walk out in my front yard and find little wafer flakes. Our manna is to hear a word. It, it's, it's to read our Bible. It's to walk around and pray, potentially worship, and let God say something now to us right now. All that we need to live our highest life springs out of hearing the voice of the Lord, right? And so God has something to say to you and I about your children. He has a word concerning your business, your, your finances. He has a word concerning that relationship issue. He knows to be able to tell you, shut up and leave it alone. Forgive them, move on, draw the boundary, whatever you got to do. But your direction, God has a word for you. For your housing, I, I know housing is a ridiculous thing, but can I tell you a word from the Lord could give you a breakthrough, right? God has something to say to us about all of these things. And I don't know how your head works, your mind works, your heart, your understanding works on this, but I just want to suggest to you that what would happen if we spent the kind of energy that we spend trying to fix it in the strength of our own flesh 
what instead if we just use that much energy to seek out a word from God? Uh, and, it, and that's probably an adjustment for all of us because we, we all have a way that we like to fix things, where we like to move things around or, you know, whatever. We all have our personality and how we do those kind of things. But I'm going to suggest to you that to take the time and to put the energy into hearing what is God saying to you about your kid? What is God saying to you about your situation I think, I think we'd learn to walk more in the my yoke is easy and my burden is light kind of way. And God's not going to show up with frosted flakes on the ground, right? God always shows up in a word. That's how God has chosen to communicate himself. All right, third idea about hidden manna. Everybody good with this? Yeah. Manna is provision in the wilderness. I hate the wilderness. Deuteronomy 8, 15. He led you through the great and terrible wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water. He brought water for you out of the rock of land. In the wilderness, he fed you manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you, that he might test you to do good for you in the end. God always has plans to do good for you in the end. Amen. So if it hadn't all worked out yet, it means he's not done, right? He's not abandoned you. But the wilderness, I hate the wilderness. It's like when it feels like things are drying up for you. When everything you place your hand to you know it's supposed to prosper, but it feels like it's turning to dust. Come on, anybody, anybody been there? The, the, the wilderness is you, you feel alone, right? You, you've, like, and nobody likes me. Anybody ever felt that way? You don't have to raise your hand, but nobody likes me at all. When... You know, the thing about the wilderness that's always difficult is there's no road sign that says you are now entering the wilderness. Just, just heads up, just so you know. Nor are there signs that say you are now exiting the wilderness, right? And, and the truth is, that's maybe the hardest part because when you're in the wilderness, you're like, I don't know which way to go. Like, if I'd go if I knew. So here you are. You, it feels a little dry. It feels, and can I just say that something powerful and significant happens in the wilderness? 
Now hear me out on this, because God doesn't lead you into the wilderness to keep you in the wilderness, right? He does plan on leading, but something about being in the wilderness is you learn to quit depending on other people, right? Now, I'm a big believer that part of my destiny is in other people and part of your destiny is in me, for sure, but sometimes we gotta, we gotta learn that other people, they're not the problem, nor are they so, the solution. It, it, it's, not, it's not them. And when we, can, when we can get to that place where we quit relying on our circumstances for joy, but we've gotten into the secret place and found our joy, <laughs> when we quit relying on our position or our title for a sense of identity, but we've gotten into the secret place and we know our identity is coming out of the fact that my Father in heaven loves me with a love that's way greater than I could even understand. That's identity, right? And even when we quit relying on our own strength, our own capacity, our own wits, and we learn to rely on God. Manna in the wilderness. God leads people into wilderness experiences. God leads churches into wilderness experiences. It's for a purpose. Because, and let me just say, this is when overcomers show up. Because I, I have known and watched and seen people who were believers in a wilderness, God has some work to do, and, and they bail. Didn't know it was going to be like this. God is trying to unhinge us from all the things that we normally depend on. Overcomers are given the hidden man. Because I say, the lesson you learn in the wilderness, the word you get in the wilderness, the manna you get in the wilderness, that is yours now, and nobody can take that ever away from you. The people, the people who hang in there, the people who don't give up in the wilderness. Hey, I'm your pastor. I'm telling you today. I'm pleading with you. I'm saying to you, don't give up in the wilderness. And you don't, like I said, you don't even know if you're in the wilderness, right? There's no road signs. There's no you've entered or you've exited or, you know, six more days and you're out of this wilderness. Wouldn't that be great? But there's something about having that determination that we're going to stay with it no matter what. Okay. Uh, I'm going to run out of time, but I'm going to still finish this anyway. Num number four, uh, manna releases us from self-reliance. Deuteronomy 8.17, otherwise you may say in your heart, my power and the strength of my hand made me this wealth. 
But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who is giving you power to make wealth, that he may confirm his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. God gives us power to make wealth. Somebody just say amen. Somebody say oh, that is what the Bible says. But what he is doing in our lives is helping us to get unhinged from the kind of self-reliance that says my power and the strength of my hand made me this wealth. And I think, I think one of the issues about hidden manna is until a person comes to the place where they really are willing to surrender to the lordship of Jesus, they're never going to know the full provision of the Lord. Now, I'm a planner, I'm a strategizer, I'm a thinker, I like all that kind of stuff. But I just want to say, as long as we're full of our plans, our ideas, our strength, our strategies, we're never going to know the hidden manna. There's a lot of people, who they don't want to wait on a word from God. I'll figure it out, I'll figure it out. Hope God blesses it. If he doesn't, I'll figure it out. I'm just saying, we're never going to know the hidden manna as long as we're living just by our own strength and plans. But it's when we kind of get tired of our way, that's when God reveals his way. Right? Psalm 25, verse 12, who is the man who fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way he should choose. His soul will abide in prosperity. His descendants will inherit the land. The secret of the Lord. Everybody say the secret of the Lord. The secret of the Lord is for those who fear him. He will make them know his covenant. My eyes are continually toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. Let me just move on. Number five, manna is the bread of heaven. Psalm 78, 23, yet he commanded the clouds above, opened the doors of heaven, rained down manna upon them to eat and gave them food from heaven. Now just hear, hear me on this one. It's heaven's bread as opposed to earth's bread. It's possible to be a Christian but still be filling our belly with the bread of the earth. Can anybody hear what I'm saying? Right? And there is people, I believe, who want to live by the bread of heaven. Their, their nourishment their, for their soul, it, it comes from another dimension. They don't, it, it's not like if I got that paycheck, if I got that house, if I got that car, if I got that promotion, if I got this thing or that thing. And I'm not saying God wouldn't give you a new house or a new car or any of that. 
But I mean, you know, when you're, you, can, you can start feeding off of that as the nourishment, but I promise you, it wears out fast. Like it's not, it's not gonna last. It's not, you're not gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna be, you're, it's eating Chinese food. You're hungry again in just a couple minutes. And I really believe that hidden manna is given to people who are hungry for it. When we, we know that there's more to our life than just what's at the world's table. Amen. Come on. All right, last thing I want to say is this. Number six, manna is the person of Jesus. Luke 6, verse 31, our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it's written, he gave them bread out of heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it's not Moses who gave you the bread out of heaven, but it's my father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven, gives life to the world. Then they said, Lord, always give us this bread. Jesus said to them, I am the bread. I am. He who comes to me will not hunger. <clears throat> he who believes in me will never thirst. You know, manna was whatever they needed. If they needed protein, if they needed carbohydrates, if they needed vitamin C, if they needed a Tylenol, manna was it. Whatever their need was, manna met the need. Can I just say to you, without anybody getting religious or cliche, you gotta know this, Jesus is what you need. Amen, Jesus. Jesus is our peace. Jesus is our direction. He is the way. Jesus is our redemption. Jesus is our wisdom. Jesus is our salvation. Come on, right? And, and I'm not saying this just so it will sound good in church on Sunday. I, I'm saying, I'm telling you, you won't find anything in God outside of Jesus. And you'll find all you need in Jesus. This, this is my experience, almost 50 years now that I've walked with the Lord. No matter what I have faced in life, I have found that Jesus himself, the person, has always shown up to be what I need. The person of Jesus is the hidden manna. The person of Jesus is the word of the Lord. He's the bread of heaven. He's the, he's the desert wilderness supplier. He's the dessert supplier, come on. He's the daily bread. I wanna pray with you this morning. Would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes? Lord, we are hungry for that hidden manna. And we know it comes out of our relationship with Jesus. So I'm praying for every person in this room 
Lord, that the words I have shared today are being written on our hearts, God, and will impact the way we schedule our lives from this day forward. I'm praying for peace. God, I'm, I'm praying for strength. God, I'm praying for an overcomer's spirit to rise up, no matter what. Anyone is facing in this room, God, you give us the capacity to be an overcomer. Your head is bowed, your eyes are closed, nobody's looking around. I just wanna make sure here we are today. Maybe you never like really surrendered your life to Jesus. I would love to pray with you. He's, he's, not, he's not asking you to get your act together to surrender to him. He's saying, whatever you have, whatever you don't have, whatever you are, whatever you're not, bring it to me. I love you, I wanna be your Lord. And if you've never surrendered to Jesus, I'd love to pray with you. Maybe you're here today, and you could find a day where you used to be closer to God than you are today. I would love to pray with you. Come on, let's come back home. Or maybe you just don't have a sense of confidence. My life is really squarely in the hands of this incredible God, and I want it to be. Nobody looking around, but if you find yourself in one of those places, never have surrendered to Jesus, fallen away from a relationship with him, or just not confident, you say, Pastor, would you pray with me? Would you lift your hand right now and say, that's me, would you pray for me? All over this room, God bless you, sir. Come on, no shame involved in this, just, just an honest heart. Anybody else that just wants to say yes to Jesus, that wants to surrender to Jesus, anybody else? Amen, we're gonna pray together. This is for those who raised their hand, this is for those who needed to raise their hand. And all of us can pray it though. Let's say to Jesus, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, to your Lordship. I need you. I want you in my life as my Lord. I know I've sinned, but I come to the cross where you have paid the price for my forgiveness. Thank you for a fresh start. Thank you for a new beginning. Help me become the person you've created me to be. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen. Hey, a couple things just before we're dismissed. Uh, if you'd love to get registered in a rock group, we'd love for you to get connected in a small group. Uh, grab one of the books and uh, find a rock group that you can be a part of. And then, hey, let's all come together next Sunday. Let's celebrate 34 years as the Rock Church. Let's do it together. All right, everybody stand with me on the count of three. We're gonna shout hallelujah and be dismissed. Ready, one, two, three, hallelujah. God bless you guys, thank you.